Welcome back to the So Talk to Me podcast, episode 53. 53. 53. We made it. We made it to episode 53. Five seconds in, I'm sure you guys can tell. My voice is a little uh, different this week. (laughs) Possibly a little more manly, a little more nasally. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting over some sickness, you know, our, Boo. we talked about it. our family's kind of been going through it for a little while and I got it over the last weekend. And so I've been getting over it the past couple days and, uh, yeah, it's just not, uh, it's not going away. So, um, congestion. Yeah. I, 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 you'll have to forgive me. I might possibly be like mouth breathing all over the microphone today. <laughs> And making all kinds of weird noises that hopefully I can edit out later, but we'll see. That bugs me. What does? That phrase, you'll have to forgive me. Oh, it does? Yeah. Why? Because you're telling someone that they have to forgive you. Yeah. That's not how you say that. Please forgive me. Okay. (laughs) Please forgive me for mouth breathing into the microphone. That may or may not happen. <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna happen. But yeah, so how you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. A little sleepy. Yeah. But pretty good. <laughs> All right. It's been a it's been a good week. Mm-hmm. It's been a good week. Well good. Even though there's been a lot of sickness. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been, it's been really chill because, gosh, it's been raining for, feels like forever. Off and on, raining. I mean, it's a good, like, like week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Of like every day. Yeah. Every it's day rained. it's been raining, but like not consistently all day long, but just like sporadically. Yeah. So like. <laughs> Still hot. Yeah, and it's still hot. It's still 80 but like, degrees. You just, you don't know when it's going to start raining because it's just like randomly throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't want to take the kids outside and then just, like, have to come right back in. Plus, it's all muddy and gross. And Yay. because it's been raining for so long, like, the lawn hasn't been mowed. So, the grass is kind of high and, like, Mosquitoes are just awful. So we've just been hanging out inside. <laughs> Plus the kids have been sick. So just chilling. Fun. Yeah. And then the uh, Getty Sing conference is going on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So I had that going. Yeah. The, like I wasn't there at the conference, but... um. I had the the live feed going the whole time. Nice, nice. Or most of the time. We're singing along. Yeesh. With the Gettys. Yeesh. Crazy Irish people. <laughs> I would say Irishmen, but I mean, you know, what's her face? Kristen. Kristen? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's like the main singer, so. <laughs> Can't call her an Irishman. But yeah. And that was awesome. It fed my soul. Nice. And yeah. So yeah, it's just been a good week. Cool. Well, I'm glad to hear it. 
Has your week been good or not so good because you've been sick? Uh, I mean, kind of up and down. Uh, the sickness is definitely annoying. Yeah. Um, I actually stayed home from work on Tuesday. So, yeah. But but I have one of those jobs where it's not like it's not like you clock in at nine and you go till five and then you're good for the day. It's like I have a set amount of things that need to get done. I have projects I'm working on. And so like your schedule is flexible. Well, yes, but I just mean if I take a day off, that work still needs to get done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not like it, it just means that like I have to get five days worth of work done in four days, mm-hmm. you know. Or, you know, if I can push stuff off to another week or another day, I mean, cool. But no, this week I had I had some projects that I was working on that needed to get done because they didn't get done last week for other reasons, shipping reasons. But um, yeah, so so I did take the day off, but I feel like the the days that I worked, worked a little bit on Monday, I worked from home half the day on Monday, but then went in and worked on Monday, and that was pretty good. Took off Tuesday, and like, today is Thursday, yesterday was Wednesday, and both days, I feel like I was there for two hours, because I was just busy doing stuff the entire time, and then I'm like, oh, hey, I need to get going, <laughs> so, fun, fun, um, but no, it hasn't been a bad week, it's just been a a blur I feel like we're being really boring right now. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Talking about my week. <laughs> Shouldn't do that. Um, But yeah. We should do that idea that you had. What of, idea uh, did, we have, did I have? Reading off song lyrics. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. I want to. I'm trying to think of a song to look up, but I don't know any like. Like radio top 40 songs. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> like, yeah, not not a clue what the kids listen to these days. All right, so I'm just going to start reading these off. Somebody once told me the world is going to roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Really? She was looking kind of dumb with this her finger in her right thumb now. and the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Oh my gosh. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. And you'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get the show on. Get paid. And all that's glitters, all that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. It's a cool place. And they you're say it gets going. colder. It's I'm not reading. just the first verse. <laughs> you're bundled wow. up now. Wait till you get older. Wait, should I should I stop? Uh you never should have started. But the meteor men beg to differ, judging by the rule or by judging by the hole in the satellite picture. The ice we skate is getting pretty thin. The water's getting warm, so you might as well swim. The world's on fire. How about yours? That's the way I like it, 
and it and I never get bored. I already read the chorus, so I'm not going to read that again. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you did. That's right. <laughs> Somebody once asked, "Could I spare some change for gas? I need to get myself away from this place." I said, "Yep." What a concept. I could use a little fuel myself, and we could all use a little change. Well, the years start coming, and they don't stop coming. Oh, I already read that part. And that's it. I read all the parts. Wow. I hope to someday write a song as meaningful, as deep, as poetic as that. That would get stuck in people's heads. (laughs) It was really hard not to just sing it uh-huh. and read it. I agree, me too, but my voice is garbage right now, so. Garbage voice. That's actually a good segue. <laughs> garbage music <laughs> um, is a great segue um, because, so, you know, we had our live show a couple weeks ago, and um, I I got called out for one of my answers, actually, at church. Someone was watching, and... Uh, <clears throat> he had asked about our, our guilty pleasure bands mm-hmm. and he was really interested to hear what we had to say. And he said, dude, Goo Goo Dolls was a cop out. Like that. They're not bad. Like, how is that? a?" That's what I said when you brought up Goo Goo Dolls. I know. It's like, and that's they're what, not bad and at all. That's what he said too. And so I felt bad. I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. It just putting me on the spot like that. I couldn't think of anything. So of I just all the emo to, bands you listened to. You couldn't name one of them. I mean, that's, I don't know. They're, they're not really guilty pleasures. They're just like, they remind me of a time in my life. Lincoln Park. I don't know. I can't. Eh. Eh. I mean, I, I, <laughs> when was the last time I listened to Lincoln Park? Like, actually, probably not that long ago, right before <laughs> Jester Bennington died. Because uh, I actually wanted to hear what they put out. And then I was like, uh, yeah, there's a reason I don't listen to this. Sorry. Not my thing. Um, no, but like I, I was thinking primarily of just like styles of music, and so the other one that came to mind is, and and I I genuinely like this band, so I don't know if it still f- falls into the category of guilty pleasure, but churches, um, they're very much um, a like a, a yeah, electronic you like that band. band, yeah, yeah, but I like them. Um, I don't. So like they them. kind of fall into guilty pleasure because it's like I don't know. Like, it is pretty simple, just, like, electronic music. Because that's, like, the only band like that that you like. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. Um, and you I don't know don't what like exactly voice. it is. Okay. It bugs me. Okay. It's annoying. That's interesting. I don't find anything. I, I think she has a really good voice, actually, and I think her melodies are really good, too, and catchy. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know about Guilty Pleasure. Altogether, like guilty pleasure music. Uh, Smash Mouth doesn't mm-hmm. count because I don't like it. I them. don't feel guilty about anything I listen to, so it's hard to pin down a guilty pleasure because yeah. I don't feel guilty. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more just like, what garbage music do you listen to? <laughs> With sort of the question. And I don't know, garbage music annoys me. Like, I don't have those. Cause also, but it's also so subjective. Right, right. And also, I mean, I'm sure I said it then. I don't, I don't quite remember back a couple weeks ago. But like I grew up, my dad listened to like weird avant-garde music and jazz fusion and stuff like that. So 
I I never like listen to garbage music <laughs> if that makes sense. Like yeah, sure, I listen to like garbage emo band. I mean, yeah, I mean POD, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily go back and listen to their music. There's stuff that I was into uh 12 stones and three doors down and but i mean it's like dc talk yeah sort of there were a couple songs yeah so i guess like contemporary christian music but again like that's a the avril Levine, you know but again like that's not something that i would listen to today Don't so it's not exactly but she's terrible <laughs> so she's terrible um so like i don't Whatever know if happened that happened to avril Levine. Uh, she got married to the lead singer of uh, uh, Nickelback, is what happened to her. She divorced the dude from Sum 41 and got married to the dude from Nickelback. Because they're both Canadian, so that's how they, that's how they roll. That's such a sad story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. I did used to listen to Nickelback when they were like super popular. I know. You came with the Nickelback CD when we got married. <laughs> I came with you it. You came with it. I came with it. Was it was like in your back pocket. It came with me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was in your CD case. And I was just like, what is this? So. Yep. Yeah. Back in like middle school. Yeah, it, well, and I mean, there were there were a couple Nickelback songs that I liked when I was younger, too. Yeah, full disclosure. But again, like, Nickelback is not a guilty pleasure band because I think they're garbage. Like, I'm not going to listen to them. Yeah, no, I Even the, don't the listen to them now. Yeah, so. I mean, if so I went to, to karaoke and someone was singing a Nickelback song, I'd scream it at the top of my lungs. You would? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Because that's what you do at karaoke. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to do that. <laughs> it's difficult. But no anyways. Shame. Anyways. So I don't know if that counts as a guilty pleasure band. If I think of anything else, any other garbage music that I listen to, I'll be sure and bring it up. You heard it here first, everyone. folks. He listens to Nickelback. Okay, I mean, so moving just- on. <laughs> <laughs> or does it count as a guilty pleasure band if it just has a lot of profanity in it, but I really like it? Like music that I just wouldn't listen to around other people? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would definitely classify guilty pleasure as something that you wouldn't listen to around other people. Okay, then I listen to a lot of... <laughs> then I have a lot of guilty pleasure bands. Like basically anything with screaming in it, because I don't really listen to it around people. But um, the band that comes to mind is this like thrash punk band uh, what are they called? A Wilhelm Scream. Their album Ruiner is really good. I like it a lot. It gets me pumped, but it it is just laced with profanity. Um, so I don't listen to it around people. Thank you for that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I like it a lot. So there you go. A Wilhelm Scream. Ruiner. I don't really my listen recos. to anything just with profanity that I can think of, except Nickelback. Apparently. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well. Now that we've got our confession time out of the way. Yeah, there you go. Um, we did actually get a question on, on the Twitters. What? Yeah. And maybe this maybe this should be a bigger type of question. I don't, I don't know. I, I was just going to bring it up. But uh, 
Joe, I'm I'm not gonna botch your last name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, and then I like second guessed it, and I was like, no, maybe I'll try. No, maybe I won't. <laughs> but Joe, you're awesome. Joe from Twitter. Thanks, he says, Joe from Twitter. Yeah, there's a topic idea. Okay, he said, what are your standards for consuming media like movies, podcasts, shows, etc.? Well, we know yours. <laughs> yeah, I guess music wasn't in there. Yeah, profanity is not something that keeps me away. Um, unless it's like, although, oh man, I don't remember if I brought it up on the podcast. I don't think so. I think it was something we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Um, so there, yeah, profanity doesn't make a difference to me, honestly, when I'm listening to music, unless it's just like super offensive. The thing that gets me, especially, um, are, are bands or music that is just a very um, vitriolic towards God in general. Mm. Um, it's it's really hard for me to listen to that. The other thing that gets me are just like super depressing songs. And, and this is coming from, again, like a self-professed like emo kid in high school. I like depressing music in general, but there are some um, albums that I've listened to or bands that I've listened to that are just so nihilistic in their music mm. that I just feel like dirty mm-hmm. after I listen to it. Like, I feel like I, I can't relate to how hopeless that this person is. Like there's a way to artfully express your, um, not even necessarily depression, but your, um, uh, man, just a, just a form of expressing almost like a lament, you know, like the Psalms do, or, or almost like a, a longing for something better or a, um, like most of the depressing music that I, uh, that I like the the kind of depressing sort of emo music is music that's saying that there is something better or there was something better, but now it is not the case. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But there's a way to write music that is, or not even music, but to, to make an argument to, yeah, lyrics that say life is meaningless. And that really kind of gets under my skin yeah. and it's, it's very difficult to listen to. Um, what I was telling you, there, there was this band that I used to listen to and they've put out a ton of albums and I haven't listened to all of them, but like the first album that I got from them, which was probably like their third or fourth album that they put out, um, it was a band called Senses Fail and they're still around. But um, every time I listen to him, it just reminds me of that album and how disappointed I was because I, I liked the band, but I got this album and like most of the songs on the album are just saying, life is terrible. It's all completely meaningless. And it's just so depressing that it's just, it's it's depressing in a way that doesn't show emotion, but it is just like completely cold to mm-hmm. the entire world. And that just doesn't, it's it's difficult for me to listen to that yeah. in general. Um, and then there was another album that I brought up with you. Uh, it's a band called Cursive, and I think they're oh, they're yeah, good. I remember them? They write good music. I like the way. I, I think the guy who who writes the lyrics and sings. I like his voice. Um, I think he has a way with words. But this particular album, it's called Happy Hollow. I remember buying it because I like their music, and the whole thing is sort of. Um, it's it's sort of a concept album, right? So Happy Hollow is this place that this guy created, and it tells stories within this town called Happy Hollow. Well, basically, the town is um, 
is all like oh, I get it. super hypocritical. And yeah, so like every- happy on the outside, but hollow on the inside. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the whole point. But there are certain there are certain themes that run through the album. Like one of the stories in the album is this priest who um, Oh no. Whose daughter gets pregnant and so he's encouraging her to have an abortion. And so like the whole the whole point of that song is like, yeah, you believe in something until it happens to you, kind of a thing. Like railing against in particular in that song, the church. But then at the end of the album, they have this like huge like medley song, um, and it's he basically says I don't remember how he says it, but his lyrics are basically like there is no God, you know, there, there's no one in the heavens above, so just kind of like live your life as best you can because no one's watching you, and it's so just like nihilistic, like nothing matters. So live a good life, <laughs> you know, like, like if nothing don't matters your... then why live a good life. Right. Right. But it's, it's so saying more like, it's more like your standards are terrible because you're basing it on a lie, you know, throw that yeah. like, it, 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 and it just, it was difficult, even though I liked the music of the album, uh, it was really difficult to listen to. And I've probably only listened to it, you know, three or four times since I bought it in high school. Because it was, it's it's so difficult. So, anyways, that's my tirade on music. Sorry, guys. What are some of your standards for consuming media? Um. Well, when I listen to music, it's usually like hymns or <laughs> like christian music like that's just what i tend to listen to um unless i'm in the mood to like i don't know throw on an 80s pandora station or something or a 90s pandora station like but then at that point i'm not really like listening to music it's Mm -hmm. just i just have it going in the background um like i don't really like sit to like intentionally listen to music very often okay it's just like a background thing most of the time um, but so yeah, I don't really have, don't listen to things with profanity or, um, anything that would be raunchy, um, sexist or sexist. Degra- degrading. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I mean, some of that eighties and nineties pop stuff that you listen to is, well, we're talking about listening. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't listen to it. It's just sort of on. Um, and I don't have it on very often. Yeah. Uh, but when I think of media, I don't really think of music. What comes to mind is like television. Like what do I watch? Okay. Um, so my standards for that are no nudity number one mm-hmm. that's my number one thing is no nudity um uh profanity i can deal with um as long as it's not like obnoxious okay so like i can't listen to what's his name kevin hart Okay. Because he just says the B word like all the time. Mm-hmm. And I hate that word. 
Hmm. Um, but it means female dog. That's not how he uses it. Yeah, that's true. Um, and yeah, I basically, I have a lot of beefs with comedians mostly. Yeah. There are very few I mean, comedians that I will listen to. It's basically just, um, what's his name? Jim Gaffigan and, mm-hmm. uh, I always forget the his Brian this, Regan. There you go, Brian Regan. I always forget his name for some reason. Anyways, those are pretty much my like go to comedians. I don't really listen to anyone else. Um But yeah, as far as shows go and movies, no nudity. And, and why is that? Just to give a fuller explanation. Because it's sinful and degrading. Sinful. Mm-hmm. To view nudity? Yes. To look upon someone else's nakedness that is not your spouse. Okay. In every situation? No. Okay. But for for TV and movies, it is... um, Directors put that in there for... um, How do I say this? For... um, titillation basically Mm -hmm. just because viewers like it because it ensues lust within you um yeah and i'm not down with that yeah not in the least i mean yeah if like you go to the doctor for a breast exam that's completely different yeah than watching a woman undress on the television completely different yeah yeah i I think the other part of that though and i think we've talked about it on an earlier episode i don't know um but one of the reasons that we feel convicted in that area is not even necessarily like okay so there's the one side of viewing it right there's that Mm -hmm. um that we do take issue with but also um a lot of people a lot what people I think don't think about often because I, because I've heard even people who kind of defend that and say that, Oh, well, you know, I'll just look away. We'll fast forward that part. It's unfortunate when it happens. I don't like it, but you know, you can just kind of shield your eyes, whatever, wait till the scene's over and keep going. Um, but you also have to take into account what had to happen in order for that to be filmed. Right. Right. So, there had to be a person who stripped naked mm-hmm. and acted and in front of a cast and crew. Um, lots of people. For, yeah, lots of people for an extended period of time. Because mm-hmm. um, if you know anything about filming movies or TV or and video of any form that's going to be marketed, uh, you don't just do one take. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it takes a long time to get you know, a minute of footage. So... Um. Yeah, I th- like like you had mentioned. I think it's degrading, um, and I we don't want to support that when um when filmmakers decide make the decision that that needs to be there when often <laughs> it doesn't. It never. It really doesn't. N- never um, needs it. No. Yeah, like we we talked about um annihilation. Was it last week? I think it was last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and how there was a sex scene in that, but it didn't necessarily show any nudity right. at all. Um, and so I appreciate that it didn't show anything, 
And I think, I think you can tastefully imply something like that because I, I talked about last week how um, I, I think that was kind of a pivotal part of the movie when you understand her motivation and what happens. And gosh, I forgot to give a spoiler warning. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I mean, I, I think that they still could have done it more subtly, but yes, I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, so I think there are ways that you can imply sex in mm-hmm. movies without showing nudity. Right. Um, and, and so with that said, it is always a conscious decision to show nudity. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a passive one. Right. So, uh, yeah, so we don't want to encourage that with our or support money shows. or to support. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. do that. Or movies that do that. So that's why we hold to that standard. I understand not everyone does. Um, it's not. And you're a wrong. Hill. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> that's actually exactly the opposite of what I was going to say. <laughs> Is that it's it's not a hill that I'm going to die on. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying everyone who watches shows with nudity um, is in sin for doing so. I just as I take a look, it, my conviction is that uh, I don't want to support it. So, yeah, that's that's probably the biggest part when you're when you're asking us about standards and media. That's probably the you know biggest thing for us in yeah. general. Um, that honest, I mean, and we're the we're the odd person out in a lot of conversation. You know, no one else I know holds to the same standard. Honestly, so I know other people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I don't I don't know of anyone else. And it's not like I've held to the standard for very long either. Your you know? brother and sister-in-law hold to that same standard. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know that. Yep. Until just this moment. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I know a lot of women who hold to that same standard. Okay. Probably okay. because it's like 99% of the time it's women who are being degraded. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because, right. I know this is a very strange observation, but b- usually when a woman is naked on screen, it is for, it, it it's for sexual content. Mm-hmm. Whereas normally if a man is on screen, it's usually for comedy. Mm-hmm. It's usually played for laughs. Uh <laughs> Then again, I haven't seen Magic Mike, so I don't I don't know what goes on in in those kinds of movies. But. That's also degrading and disgusting. It is. See that. It is totally. I hope you didn't take that as a recommendation. <laughs> um, no. So so yeah. Back to Joe's question. So that was that was movies in particular. Uh, podcasts. And that's TV. an interesting one. That was uh, movies right. And movies TV. and TV. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he specifically mentioned movies, podcasts, shows, etc. Um, so movies and TV, that's where we stand. And we've had to stop watching certain shows because mm-hmm. of the, the sexual content in them. Yeah, um, which was a shame. Yeah, it really like, was. There's just, there are a lot of really good, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say good. There are a lot of very well done yeah. shows, mm-hmm. like good acting, great production. Good storyline. Yeah. But then they they go and ruin it. Yep. Yeah one one that sticks out to me in particular is a Netflix show Peaky Blinders. Yeah, we really liked was, it. That was a big one for us. But then it went way downhill with the amount of sexual content. So <clears throat> yeah, we were just like, no more. Can't do it because at the end of the day, it's just not worth it. No, 
it's not it's as not. much as I want to engage in that form of entertainment. Like I want to know what the story is, you know, as, as much as I'm into that specific show, the end of the day, it is just entertainment. Right. Um, and as much as I want to, as into it it's as I am. It's not worth sinning. Exactly. Exactly. Just for the sake of a story. I, I value art. I value storytelling mm-hmm. and these things. And, and that's one of the reasons why I get so engaged with, with stories like that. But at, yeah, again, at the end of the day, it's just not worth what I consider to be sin where, where I'm convicted. It's not worth giving up my dignity. Yeah. So, um, so as much as I want to see the latest season of Peaky Blinders, no, I can't. Um, that, that was, sorry, that sounded weird into the microphone. I wasn't, that wasn't a sigh or anything. It's again, my congestion. (laughs) I'm not like getting choked up here. (laughs) It's not that big of a deal. Um, so the other thing that that Joe mentioned was podcasts. Podcasts. And that's an interesting question to me, if you don't mind me going first. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say, I, I have, haven't thought about it in terms of podcasts, like Hmm. because podcasts can be so niche. Um, I just kind of like gravitate towards podcasts that the things that I'm interested in. So, you know, I mentioned last time about the, the politics podcasts that I'm listening. I mean, Mm. in particular, it's really just Shapiro. Um, but it did it did make me think a little bit about what kind of standards. I don't have any hardline standards like that in in the podcast that I listen to. So again, like profanity isn't that big of a deal to me. Now, it if it was just uh well, let me take a step back, okay? I do see music and something like podcasts differently. I think I would be much more annoyed if I listened to a podcast that used a ton of profanity in the way that the people talked Hmm. because it would kind of subconsciously encourage me to talk that way also. Hmm. Does that make sense? Like I, I think I am affected by the media that I consume, whether it be TV or books or um, podcasts or things like that. You know, things that I watch on YouTube. I just think it's lazy. It is. It is. And, and I think it would encourage me to, to feel that that's okay as well. Like it would kind of desensitize me a bit. Not that I'm, not that I like think that it's, I still listen to podcasts with profanity, but if it's like every other word, I'm, I'm going to stop listening well, to and that's it. Just, Does that make sense? It's just obnoxious. It just, right. Right. There's just no. Substance. There's no point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, well, and I don't know if you want to talk about profanity, um, as like the topic of the podcast. We do have a different view on that. Yeah, yeah. An unpopular opinion, <laughs> some might say. Right, right. The, the What I'll say is that I think the point of profanity is to accentuate the the message that you are trying to communicate, Yeah. right? And so if you're using the F word, every other word, you, you're that's the opposite of what that word is... <laughs> the purpose of using that word right um now i mean again you can go down i don't necessarily want to have the conversation of you know there's also the point of the meaning of the word and things like that like we can we can have that conversation at a different time i just want to say that like in general profanity is used to make a strong point 
And so if you're using strong language nonchalantly, it, like you said, it feels very lazy. It feels mm-hmm. like you don't have a very big vocabulary. It feels like you don't know how to express yourself any other right. way. And so um, in, in like talking form, it would, I think it would get under my skin more. And, and again, it would desensitize me to the use of those types of words. Music to me is different because music is put to melody um, and it, it's different to hear profanity in music to me than it is in normal everyday kind of talking. I, I, I agree that it's also lazy if you're using it all the time. Um, but I think, I think poetry and art is a little different than just kind of everyday talking. So that's my tirade on that. Um, so in terms of podcasts, uh, what, what I wanted to say is just that I don't necessarily have any set standards because I haven't really run into very many podcasts that podcasts are just a thing. Like if I'm, if I'm 10 minutes in and I'm not feeling it, like I'll just turn it off and subscribe. Like it's not, it's not that big of a deal to me as, as another form of media that that's more engaging. Um, but what I did want to say is that for most of the podcasts, and I brought this up last week, especially in, in terms of like some of the stuff that I've been listening to politically, um, is that I do try and listen to things to get perspective. I don't just listen to things that I agree with. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't mean to sound pretentious, but I mean that in this conversation of standards, um, I'm going to listen to someone I disagree with yeah. to hear what they have to say. Um, th- Dr. James White says this, and there was someone else who said it recently that um, I'm just like, yes, that's, that's totally true. Is that when you're, when you're trying to like argue, your, when you have a viewpoint and your opponent has a viewpoint as well, or you're trying to make an argument against a, a different viewpoint, you want to know the best that the other side has to offer the best form of argumentation they have the best presentation of their viewpoint Mm -hmm. you don't want to make straw men out of it right right um that shows them respect you want to actually know what you're arguing against exactly and you want to know the best of what you're arguing against you don't just want to present a straw man and burn it to the ground like that's not going to help you in forming your argument and defending yourself like you're defending against a ghost. Um, so that said, I want to hear things that I disagree or, or I want to hear from people that I don't agree with a hundred percent. So I do listen to some things, some podcasts of from people that I don't agree with mm-hmm. entirely for the sake of learning, you know, for the sake of hearing what they have to say. Now, obviously, if they present it in a way that's uh, disrespectful, um, I'm not going to listen to them for very long. <laughs> but um, but I do want to to learn. So that so when you're asking about like the standards of podcasts, I don't have a very high bar. I guess just make a good argument. You know, have have kind of an, an engaging way of presenting your argumentation rather than. Uh, yeah, just being lazy. Yeah. What are your thoughts on standards of podcasts? 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I haven't thought about that much just because yeah, I only listen to like <laughs> Christian podcasts. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so I guess that's my so standard. Like I don't know. <laughs> Joel Osteen's podcast. That's, he's not a Christian. Oh, ouch. <laughs> Dang. Well, all right then. <laughs> so I can't think of any segue <laughs> for that at all. But he likes to sing at his church, doesn't he? Oh, that's how you're trying to segue into this? Speaking of oh, okay. singing. <laughs> no, actually, actually, before we go there, I forgot there was something else that we wanted to, to address as well on this episode. Is it, So last episode, we talked about how we may um, go through, we, you know, we talked about the statement oh, yeah. on social justice and the gospel Yeesh. that was put out and um, encouraged everyone to read it. And we said that we might just use it and kind of go through it on a future podcast. Well, we were talking last night. Yes, we actually had a day's preparation for this episode. <laughs> um, and we were talking about what we wanted to talk about tonight, obviously. And um, so that came up as well. And and what what did we decide? That we were not going to talk about we're that. We're not going to talk about because that. Because everybody and their mama is talking about that. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. If if you listen to any of the podcasts that we have mentioned or recommended over the series of this podcast, you've heard about it a million times already, so we're not going to talk about it. There you go. <laughs> and they probably presented it much better than we ever could Eesh. have. So, man, that would have been a great segue. Speaking of podcasts, uh, but it, that didn't work. We just did the hard <laughs> stop and barreled right through there. But yeah, um, the one thing I do want to say, though, about the statement is, is something that um, helped me kind of think through these issues. Okay, so the statement is, is it's called the statement on social justice and the gospel. Um, the term social justice is a loaded term, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Okay. Um, when, so, so here I'll, I'll give you a scenario, right? I have a friend on Facebook who loves the Lord. Okay. He posted an article about the, the statement being made. And the article was talking about how it was a, um, a statement that was anti-social justice. And he was talking about how he did not like the statement. And someone commented and was basically just like, seriously, like, why would anyone who loves the Lord be anti-social justice? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. And uh, if you just, if that's all you're reading, that it's anti-social justice, I totally understand how that sounds. Because obviously, like, what are the two greatest commandments? love the Lord your God and mm -hmm. love people, right? Yes. So how can you love people and be against social justice? Well, the thing is, is social justice, if you take it at face value. It's a cultural term. Right. And it has, so it has a cultural meaning. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a biblical term. Mm -hmm. And therefore, um, it's 
when Christians grab on to this term, social justice, it it's it's kind of like we're trying to Christianize what the culture is putting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, because what we need to do is look into scripture yeah. and see what scripture has to say about justice. Yeah. What justice is not look at what the culture has to say um, with this term that they have I was going to say coined, but that's not the right word. No, no. Yeah, that's fine. Um, of social justice, which is which is mainly a political thing now. Right. Right. Which is the issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the only thing that I wanted to say is that if you take the words at face value, social justice, that sounds like a good thing. You want to see justice in the social realm. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. Every Christian, I believe, wants to see justice done. In and society. God, right, in society, yeah. right, in, in the social sector. Yes, the signers of this document want to see justice yes. done Except in society. Except they're defining justice from a biblical standard. Right, right. And and so when when it says that it's anti, when someone says that it's anti-social justice, it means that it is anti this movement, okay? It's sort of, I'll compare it to the Black Lives Matter movement, okay? If you take those words at face value, yes, Black Lives Matter, definitely. No one who who claims Christ should have any issue with those words. Right. With the fact that, yes, black lives matter. Yes, they matter to God. I mean, yes. Because they're made in the image of God. Yes. However, the movement Black Lives Matter is very, uh, using the millennial term, is very problematic. Yes. Right? It has a political aspect to it. It has an underlying agenda. agenda. Yes, exactly. So it's it's the same deal with this idea of social justice. And so it's difficult. It's really difficult, especially if you oppose it because they've used these terms um, to to make to pretty it up, right? Mm-hmm. To pretty up a political agenda. Um, they use these words that no one in their right mind would actually disagree with. right. Um, so it's. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of, remember that episode of Parks and Rec where there's that weird cult that like thinks the world is going to end? <laughs> they call themselves the reasonableists. Okay. That's perfect. That's a great joke. You know, who can, who can disagree with being reasonable, right? <laughs> How, who's going to disagree with the reasonableists? Um, and, that's, and that's the whole point. So if, if you're looking into this idea of social justice, please don't get caught up in those words. Um because those are good words. Unfortunately, it's just describing they come something with baggage, right? Yeah. That that the signers and the, the framers of this document disagree with, or they're addressing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the statement, if you do read it, it has different sections. It goes through a lot of well, in their eyes, I would I would assume all of the different kind of elements that go into the mm-hmm. political agenda of social justice and. Yeah basically just kind of denies that they have to do with the go- that they are they are um, inherent in the gospel itself so right anyways we're not going to pick it apart 
because we decided not to because there are lots of people who who have and have done a a good job with it is there any in in particular are there any podcasts or anything in particular that you would recommend that have talked about it um sorry i just drew a blank um but yes i i didn't necessarily agree with everything that they had to say but uh doctrine and devotion did an episode on it that i I thought was pretty balanced um and they brought out some good points yeah that's that's the only one that i have listened to oh i have well i've seen there are multiple other podcasts that um have come out with an episode talking about it that i haven't listened to yet right okay gotcha okay well, funny enough, I thought you were going to recommend this, but I guess I'll recommend it anyways, <laughs> is that I did actually listen to the episode that Sheologians did. Oh, okay. With um, Tom Askell? Yeah. Askell. Yeah. Yeah. Askell. Yeah. Um, I don't, I actually haven't listened to Sheologians in a long time, <laughs> um, but I was curious kind of what they had to say about it. And the, and it, it helped me to kind of think through that, the whole issue with the words that they're using as well. So they actually well, Askell like wrote it. Right. Yeah. Was he one was of the one writers. Of, yes, yeah. exactly. And so that really helps to hear his heart behind it. Right. Okay. Because a lot of the conversation that um, the, the conversation kind of surrounding it is kind of assumes the intention of the writers of, of the document. Mm-hmm. So it's, I would encourage you to listen to that episode if you're at all interested because you get his intention, right. you get his heart behind it. Um, and I think that's very helpful. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. I've been meaning to listen to that one. I haven't yet though. <coughs> I've been too preoccupied with the sing conference. Hey, Oh, sing conference. All right. So the sing, con- what is the sing conference? Uh, so the sing conference is, um, I think it's only been going on for a couple of years okay. now. Um, but it's so Keith and Kristen Getty, excuse me. Um, they have been putting on a conference called the Sing Conference, and it's basically to uh, their goal is to communicate the importance of singing. They also have a book out called Sing. Um, because, I mean, God commands us in Scripture to sing multiple mm-hmm. times in the Psalms. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's something that we need to do. It's a, definitely a way that we can worship God. Um, and they, they really focus on the aspect of um, uh, singing within church. Um, so like during the Sunday morning uh, worship service. Okay. And uh, particularly congregational singing and how uh, important that is. Um, so they, they go into a lot of uh, different aspects uh, of singing. You know, obviously, like, lyrics. You Like, if you're singing to God, you need to, you need to be uh, singing lyrics that are true about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they just go into a lot of different aspects about um like corporate worship singing um and just 
yeah, basically tips on how to um, get your congregation singing ah. together. Um, but but it's a three day conference, and they have a bunch of different speakers. Uh, so um, Alistair Begg was a speaker, and John MacArthur, and John Piper, and H. Um, B. Charles, and uh, who Legan Duncan, David Platt. Uh, they had a lot of other people too doing uh, breakout sessions. I know Trip Lee was there mm-hmm. and Nancy Guthrie. Um, gosh, a lot of people. Um, I won't be able to name them all because <laughs> I wasn't even able to see the breakouts because uh, I was just watching the live portions. Excuse me. But it was just really awesome because uh, the their focus this year was the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And we had just uh, done a series on the Psalms in our own church. Um, so it was pretty fresh in my mind. <laughs> and I've also personally been um, writing a lot of songs um, from the Psalms. So mostly just taking Psalms and putting a melody to them. Um, so it was just, it was, it was really awesome to just hear what, what they had to say about the Psalms. And it was really encouraging that everything just seemed to line up, you know, like we talked about this in our church and I've been doing this on my own and now they're talking about this and it was just very encouraging. That's awesome. And yeah. And I had also just kind of been feeling like I was in a, a rut of, just sort of being apathetic um, about just praying and reading the word in general. Um, And so just basically being saturated in awesome hymns and the word of God for three days was very much a need. (laughs) Nice. And yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And I really want to go next year. <laughs> and you're gonna take me. Yeah, right? we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, cool. So, what did you learn from the sing conference? From streaming it for three days. <laughs> um. Well, one thing that was really awesome was uh, they had, I believe it was the the Tuesday night session, they had David Platt speaking, and um, at the end of his session, um, he did a prayer time. Uh-huh. And he talked. He talked before he started the prayer time. He talked about just the importance of prayer and how we don't do it enough in our churches. It's mostly just used as a transitional tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we need to, like it's important to pray as a congregation, um, and we don't do that enough. Uh, which I agree. Um, and then uh, he led, excuse me, 
at prayer time uh, focused on um, global out- outreach. So he is, um, I'm not sure if he's the head of this organization, but he is um, very much one of the, one of the leaders of uh, like an, like an international missions organization. Okay. Um, and so that night he was leading prayer uh, to pray for, um, I believe it was Southeast Asia. I could be wrong. So it was, it was really cool because he, there was a, uh, a lot of prompts. So it wasn't just like, Hey, pray for this place in Asia or, and then pray for this. It was like, there was, there were prompts on the screen to pray specifically, um, like a a specific type of prayer for, um, a specific place. And it was sort of timed. So like a little, like, ding or a little sound would go off and then they'd move to the next prompt which was really helpful because i don't know a lot of like prayer nights that i've been to in the past um it's not really organized like that um so that was that was really nice and really helpful um but it also just like it really convicted me that i just don't one that I just, I don't pray as often as I should, but also like, I, I just don't think to pray about like those in third world, third world countries mm-hmm. or um, like missionaries over in third world countries or just Christians over there in third world countries who are being persecuted every single day, you know, like, yeah. um, so it was really convicting for me and it was just an amazing time of worship. Honestly, it's kind of funny. I was just like sitting up in our room, like watching it on my iPad and like, like they would have a prayer time. Then they play like play a couple of songs and then go back into a prayer and then play a couple of songs, go back into prayer. And it was just really amazing. Um, yeah. And, and very convicting was awesome that's cool it is cool it's very cool <laughs> so that was your favorite part were there were there any other things that kind of stuck out to you um one thing that i th- think it was macarthur who said it um was that the pastor is the worship leader like he okay. he is the one leading leading worship on Sunday mornings. Like he oversees the worship on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm saying worship, I'm not like I'm not just talking about when we sing songs. Like right, the Sunday morning, the coming together as a congregation, all of it is worship. Like the reading of the word, the sacraments, all of it is worship. Like that is all of it together is a worship service. Right. Um, and like the head pastor is the worship leader. Okay. And so like uh, there were the, there was a, a time where there was a panel 
they had a panel up there of a bunch of different um, pastors and a couple of worship leaders. Um, or I don't know if I would call them worship leaders, but like <laughs> songwriters. Um, and I don't know. They just had a lot of really great things to say about um, how the pastor like really needs um, is the one who really sets the example for the congregation um, on how to worship. Um, like, like he needs to be front and center um, in like being, being present, like singing with the congregation Like not just hanging out, you know, in the back or something or just, you know, just, you know, doing other things until it's his time to to preach. And then he goes up and preaches and then he leaves, you know, like he he Uh needs to be like present within the congregation, um, worshiping with the congregation, leading them because a pastor is always leading. He's in a place of leadership. Like he's. So he's always going to be leading. He's always going to be the example to follow. Um, So he needs to set that example. I just thought that was good. Interesting. Interesting. I'm kind of curious how they made that argument. What do you mean? Like how, well, just that he should, but why should he? Because he's the pastor. He's the... Um, spiritual authority. Okay. Hmm. So he needs to be setting the example of for what the congregation needs to be doing during the worship service. Okay. Gotcha. Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't thought about it before from that perspective. Hmm. I, don't know. I agree with that. It makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it just... Uh, I don't know that I'd make it a rule, you know, like it, it seems like, huh. it, it, yeah, it, it makes sense. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I just need more time to kind of think about it. That's cool. Were there any other moments that kind of made you, made you think? None that I can think of right now, but the, there is a lot of content that I wasn't able to see that okay. I did buy the digital pass. So I will be able to see it eventually. I'm Hey-o. excited about that. Nice. Well, awesome. So, yeah. I recommend watching it. Can can you? If you buy the digital pass. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> then you can watch all of it. recommend the digital pass to the, the Getty Sing <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if in the future there will be like, I don't know, little YouTube snippets or something. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen any yet, but that's a good point. Yeah, and in case anyone doesn't know, like the Gettys, Keith and Kristen Getty, they they they're Irish people. That's what I said (laughs) earlier. I already talked about that. They live in Um, Nashville. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, but yeah, that makes sense. Lived in Nashville for the past like ten years. Oh, okay. Well, cool. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they they both have thick accents, which is awesome. Um, but they, yeah, they write a bunch of, of like modern hymn style songs. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever heard in Christ alone, like they wrote that song. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they do a ton of 
yeah, they, they write a ton. I don't know. Are they, I don't know what church they're affiliated with. Honestly, I don't know too much don't know about either. them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're kind of like the main, the main kind of like force behind the conference. But I, I was surprised just like looking at the line. I was talking with um, our, our director of traditional arts at our church who went to the conference. I was talking with her today and uh, I was just, I was surprised at how many stinking people were there. <laughs> like she just, you know, listed off a, a ton of people that, whether they were musicians that were playing and like got on stage and played a single song and then left or yeah, um, yeah like Shane and Shane was there right Matt Redman yeah Sandra McCracken Phil mm-hmm. Keggy Laura Story yeah um Bob Coughlin the Gettys yeah just a ton of people and then yeah tons of speakers like mm-hmm. you had named a bunch um so uh, yeah I I mean it was it was a lot bigger than like I had kind of expected it to be. If that makes sense. I don't know. I guess I hear more about like the, not even necessarily like pastors conferences, but more of like the more general type conferences. I don't know, like the Ligonier conference and Mm. stuff like that. Or does desiring God have a conference? I don't know. I know they do conferences anyways. um, So this one, you know, it's a worship conference. So, in my mind, that means like a lot of musicians are going to be there. But yeah, it was it was huge. It seemed like they had very pretty high production value. But yeah, super cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it was it was really encouraging to hear all of these like big name pastors or big name in 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 my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just talk about the importance of uh congregational singing and um just the importance of what you sing on sunday morning like to god so yeah the importance of singing and just yeah singing songs in general because it's a great memorization tool to memorize scripture and just truth about god so yeah there was well I don't know if he said it at this conference, but I've heard John Piper say in the past that that um, worship music, and maybe he used a different term, I don't know, but worship music is mobile theology. I'm just like, man, that's so good. It's true. Because it gets it gets stuck in your head, and it's what you, yeah, it's, it's, what, it's what you know. It's where, you know, a lot of people get their theology from. Yeah. So, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's only a bad thing if you're singing bad songs, right? <laughs> so that's the point. Awesome. Well, that's cool. Getty Sing Conference. You want to go next year? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what life is going to look like. Next Everyone year. message Josh and be like, go to the Getty Conference next year. Take yeah. your wife. All right. Leave your kids. We'll see what happens. It would be, um, it's kind of around our anniversary. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's a little bit later than our anniversary. 10 years. 10-year anniversary. That's pretty crazy. Celebrating in Nashville. Instead of going to Ireland, (laughs) let's just listen to the Gettys. We've already been to Ireland. (laughs) Yeah, Ireland was our five-year, so our 10-year. Yeah. Is bring Ireland to us. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Okay, well, um, if you do want to encourage me to go to the Getty Conference, you can uh, hit me up on Twitter. You can hit us up. Our handle is so underscore talk to me. Um, or you can email us at so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, and we'll be sure and answer any questions you have live on the podcast because we record all these live. Because I don't they're know. Appropriate. I don't know how. Well, yeah. I mean, that just kind of goes without saying. Um, yeah. So, so feel free to do that to hit us up. Um, before we take off, do you have any other recommendations? Um, no. All right. I don't. Well, neither do I. So we have a nice, <laughs> abrupt, and I mean, we did bring up a number of recommendations. So yeah. uh, those will all be in the link in the description. So you can uh, check them out if you have the time. All right. Any final thoughts before we sign off? Nope. All right, then. Until next time, this has been the So. Talk to me. Podcast. Go talk to your spouse. Bye. Go talk to your friends. Go talk. Bye.